0: Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins. On the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Alright, it's Tuesday, August 23rd, 92 degrees and feels like 92. I am Jack Riggins, the host of Drive Time Lincoln. Johnny Cadillac is producing the show today. Um, we have a special guest in who's, quite frankly... A guest that's on a lot and calls in and always provides unique perspective, the chair of Nebraska Stonewall Democrats, Natalie Weiss. Uh, We're going to get some balance on the story that a lot of you are aware of. Um, As I was working for the NEGOP in a volunteer capacity, I sent out a tweet, and in no way, shape, or form did that involve K-L-I-N. That is on me, Jack Riggins. Um, what I am proud about is that KLIM worked to gather all the facts through the weekend as I was in Denver on personal time. And I also want to thank them for following up the growing story on Monday and conducting a very unbiased interview with Matt Innes as I was too close to the story. I appreciate the professional nature of the KLI team and the way they handled it, and I am happy to be on air. Having said that, in that capacity, I was focused on explicit materials in the school, um, and that was what was going through my mind at the time. One of the things I did not consider was the impact of the LGBTQIA plus community and my friendships there and my support of that community. And for that, I am deeply, deeply sorry, and I apologize. In no way did I want that content to hurt folks that are in that community I made a mistake in that judgment, and I hope to earn their trust as we move forward. Um, But like I said, Natalie's in studio, chair of Stonewall Nebraska Democrats, um, Natalie Weiss. um, And we have talked a lot, and one of the things um, that I said is, you know, it was a mistake. And I appreciate you uh, being very active and talking with me right away and being willing to come on the show to provide perspective but also the other side of this issue because i have clearly said i am against those books um as a conservative and that was what was going through my mind but um appreciate you coming on yeah um and calling in yesterday i thought you had some good thoughts yesterday I obviously listened to the show yeah yeah um, you know I, I always enjoy having an opportunity to
1: speak with you jack and um i think that it, it takes uh, a lot of guts for To be in in a position like you're in uh, on the radio and serving in this sort of interim role with the GOP to to come on air and and offer an apology like that and sort of own up to a mistake or what you think was a mistake, that's... um Laudable, I think so. Well, thanks. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and I folks I am no longer with the NEGOP. I was acting in a volunteer capacity uh, for a few weeks in the transition and um, I'm no longer in that capacity I will continue to be a conservative and and support the conservative values and candidates in the state as I think most of the listeners know Um, so that is what it is and again Yesterday um, we had a guest on, and and obviously this is a a hot issue around the state. But what I thought you have articulated and one of the best people too, not just for the trans community but the LGBTQ2IA community. Plus, you know, is why the books should be in the school and kind of that other side, if you will.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the national Republican apparatus, and and to an uh, I think an extreme extent, the nebraska uh republican apparatus is very much focused on on sex education curriculum Mm. right now they they uh, like to talk about how they want to get explicit content out of School curriculum and out-of-school libraries uh, and they, they like to use that sort of language explicit content um, sexual content uh, but when you boil down to the nuts and bolts of what it is that they're actually talking about what your party is talking about when they're talking about those things they're talking about LGBT sexual content they don't want to see LGBT people talked about in sex education curriculum. They don't want to see LGBT people talked about in stories that are available in public school libraries. You're never going to get a conservative to say that the Bible shouldn't be in public schools because of rape and incest that are described graphically in its pages. You're never going to get a conservative to say that Anne Rand's Rand's, uh, novels shouldn't be in public high schools that she wrote those books to be given to high school students so that they could write essays and qualify for her scholarship to go to Ivy League schools. Uh, Atlas Shrugged and The Fountainhead have extremely graphic depictions of straight sex in their pages. There's no conservative that's talking about removing those types of things. Mm -hmm. There's no conservative talking about removing the Bible because of its explicit content. So, you know, the Republican Party has no problem with explicit sexual content in public schools as long as it's the type of explicit content that they're okay with. And what they're not okay with is LGBT content. You know, The book that um, that you tweeted, the pages mm-hmm. that you tweeted in, uh, on the NEGOP Twitter yep. account the other day is from a book called Gender Queer, a memoir, it was written by a non-binary uh, author that was intended to be marketed towards late adolescent and, and uh, early adulthood individuals. It's a story about their experience growing up and going through puberty and realizing who they are, just like every other person does when they're in puberty, you know. And
0: and you made a comment yesterday, and it was a quick call-in. But as a trans, you know, transgender, mm-hmm. you made a comment about the availability of things like that so people going through that have kind of a reference point. Can yeah. you talk about that?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's important, you know... <laughs> When you're, when you're a minority, really any minority, be it racial, be it, be it part of the LGBT community, be it a a religious minority in any society, um, it's important for people, young people, especially who are in those minorities, to have examples of their stories that are accessible to them when they're growing up. When they're going through a public school system, when they're being exposed to their peers and they're trying to learn who they are and where they fit in the world, it's, it's important to see yourself represented in some way. Uh, and there aren't a whole lot of stories about, about queer love. There aren't a whole lot of stories about what it is to be a trans adolescent. Gender Queer is one of the only examples that we have of those types of stories that are marketed for late adolescent people and early adulthood people so that they can have a story that they relate to. They can they can see that someone else had these experiences that they grew through them, that they came out the other side, that there's an adulthood that comes after that really tough uh, realization that you might be trans and that happiness comes from from after those struggles, right. right, and getting to see yourself represented in stories, getting to see yourself represented in media, matters. Mm-hmm. It, it it just does, you know it you you get to you get to have social feedback that your story matters, mm-hmm. that people like you matter, and that you have a place in society.
0: Those are good thoughts. Uh, Natalie Weiss is on, chair of the Nebraska Stonewall Democrats. Um, Again, we're talking about explicit books in school. It's a big topic around the state, obviously, right now. Um, I appreciate it, Natalie. Uh, One of the things I want to get out there with regard to, it is Twitter Tuesday. (laughs) <laughs> it is Twitter Tuesday and, big gear shift. <laughs> right, well no, we're going to get back to it. Hey folks, we're not going to have the call lines open. You can text us, you know, on the Rick Stein recognition text line 402-479-1400 cuz I want to give Natalie all the time in the world. I am um a man that and woman, man, I'm a person on radio that I want to hear both sides. I do. Um and and like I said, I'm not going to say that I don't support those books not being in school cuz I do. I don't don't want those books in our schools. But I don't mind hearing the other side and letting the audience and the people um, understand that. I think that's the way you find research. But anyway, uh, at the Brandy Rhodes and Johnny Cadillac picked this tweet. One thing for sure, if you keep working hard and don't give up or give in, someone is going to notice. Hard work does pay off. Maybe not as quickly as we want it to. But it does for you if you stay the course. Again, at the Brandy Rhodes is the Tweet Tuesday winner of Drive Time Lincoln. How do do you like that, Natalie?
1: That's a good. That's a that's a really nice, inspiring quote. Actually, that's good pick, Johnny.
0: Yeah, we will come. We're we're not done yet. We're going to get back on the topic. But off air, we talked about what the heck is Nebraska? Where did the title Nebraska Stonewall Democrats come from?
1: Oh, right. Well, the Stonewall in is a bar in Manhattan, New York City. Um, it was where a, a riot happened in the late 60s that is credited with sort of being the beginning of the gay rights movement. Um, and In Lincoln? Uh, no, it was in New York. In New York, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. uh, it's yeah credited with sort of being the beginning of the gay rights movement in the United States. And the Stonewall Democrats is the Nebraska Democratic Party's LGBT constituency caucus. And okay. we named ourselves after the Stonewall Inn, after there that seminal event.
0: Well, we just learned something, because I'm going to bet most people wouldn't have known that. I didn't know it. I would have told you which is probably a biased comment it start it all started in San Francisco right <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, yeah. <laughs> kid from Nebraska that's what you do would a, probably say
1: do a google dive it's a okay. it's a inspiring story yeah, and that's that's where it all began
0: for us there you go um back to this um you know we've talked a little bit the political angles in this that get played out right over the years or whatever um why is the hype, not hyper, why is this issue become for both sides such a big issue um, nationally and everything and kind of get tossed around so much? Well, I think I'll push
1: back on that this is like a big issue for both sides a little bit. Okay. I, I don't think that Fair. this is a very big issue for, for liberal-leaning people, for people on the Democratic side of the political divide. Um, you know, So your
0: opinion of the conservative side then of, of why it, it – Comes
1: up. Right. I, I just don't think this is quite a, a hot button thing for us as okay. it is for for you guys. You know, I, I think that the Republican Party has realized that um, CRT and sex education standards are driving voter turnout right now. And I, you know... But it, it would be smart of them to go ahead and hammer those topics since that's what's driving t- voter turnout. I think they're looking at some numbers and they're saying that that's what their base is really concerned about. And that's what they want their candidates to be talking about. Uh, so I, I, think that that's why those two topics in particular are getting a lot of uh, airtime <laughs> for lack of a better term. Right. Um, I, but you know, from, from the democratic perspective, uh, we, we, we don't really see a controversy in school materials. Um, you know, we don't see a controversy in, in authors like Ayn Rand being included in uh, public school libraries or the Bible for that matter, or the Quran, or the Torah, or any other religious text. You know, we think that public libraries should be public libraries and that public students should have access to a, a wide range of ideas and be able to read um a, a wide range of ideas and have access to those things right um that's where we come from on this i think it becomes sparky for us uh because when again when the republican party is talking about sex education uh standards right now they're really talking about lgbt sex Inclusion. They they don't want to see LGBT people talked about in public school settings, and they don't want our stories in public libraries. Um, and they, you know, I think that that is why the Republican Party likes sharing photos like gender queer. It's not about sexual explicitity. It's about queer sexual explicitity. You know, again, the the Bible has a lot of very graphic depictions of incest, and rape, and torture, and and executions. There's no liberal who would earnestly say that those things shouldn't be included in Mm -hmm. public libraries. There's no liberal who would earnestly say that Ayn Rand shouldn't be in public libraries or any other conservative sort of literary, uh, example that Mm -hmm. might have some explicit content attached to it. You know, when you're, when you're a young, a, a late adolescent, you're growing up you're trying to figure out who you are that's where you're starting to form your political opinions for a lot of people high school is the first presidential election that they remember you know Uh it's important for people whose brains are growing like that to have access to a whole lot of opinions and to be able to make up their own mind I don't think that there's anything dangerous in that and Democrats certainly don't think that on the whole Mm -hmm. that there's anything inherently dangerous about sharing ideas Um but we do have some problem with Republicans trying to frame this as an explicit content worry when it is very clearly just about LGBT sex content. You know, when, when you're, all of your examples are about LGBT sex content and all of your whistles are about LGBT sex content, it, it becomes pretty obvious pretty quickly. This isn't about explicit material. This is just that you don't want People, You don't want your kids and and their friends exposed to LGBT sex. And that's pretty hypocritical from our stance, you know, from our point of view. Because there are, again, examples of some pretty explicit sexual content that is straight sex that conservatives are not talking about removing from schools.
0: Yeah, and I don't necessarily want to, you know... Go debating and, you know, right. because it's it's a topic that I think the the people need to hear. They need to hear both sides. I think you're right that it is a polarizing issue um, in the political sphere. Uh, and there's certainly counters, right, of which, you know, Matt Innes was on this show. I didn't interview him, and, and he had kind of some of the conservative counters. Not all of them. I mean, there would be parents that would say – um, hey, I just, I want that whole responsibility and I just want the basic birds and the bees. I mean, we would have the gambit from the 1950s kind of version, right, of what I call, you know, protect children, protect ch- children's education, which people would say, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic, and and maybe history, um, you know, so, and then all the way to, you know, I don't even want them knowing about heterosex, of which your point that there are books in there right uh... and ran i mean there's others i mean as you get into high school you read books that uh... will talk about that you know i'm not an expert to say um, what's exactly in print for hetero books but there would be the gambit of arguments from conservatives and and i guess that's why we have what we have as this being a, a big kind of political um, push um, and what I want to get expressed meaning by having you on is not only that other side, but what I think is missed sometimes, and I clearly missed it, even though um, I'm talking with you, we've got a relationship, and, and I'm getting educated, which is there is an impact to human beings in this whole thing. Now, that shouldn't surprise anybody, but obviously I walked into that as well. And uh, and you know, I've apologized for it. It's uh, you know the unintended consequence, I would say, um, which makes it when it's a polarizing subject. Again, I'll go back to well, let's sit there and talk. We you texted me today, and I was like, not going to be able to handle this via text. We have to talk. Um, so we'll get back to it and more with uh, Chairman from the Stone, Nebraska Stonewall Democrats, Natalie Weese, fourteen hundred ninety nine three KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499 3 KLIN. All right, folks, again, Tuesday, August 23rd. I'm Jack Riggins, host of DriveTime Lincoln. Johnny Cadillac's producing the show. Uh, we've got the chair of Nebraska Stonewall Democrats, Natalie Weeson, getting a good uh, background from a different perspective from me, or in the case of a vast majority of conservatives, on. Materials in the schools, um, some impacts on actual human beings and people uh, from the lgbtq LGBTQIA plus community, and we're just rolling through that today. Um, Natalie's always been great with her time, and so I appreciate it. And we're going to continue rolling in the second segment. Um, right now, um, I also want to say Johnny picked out the tweet today. The winner for Tweet Tuesday was the. Brandy Rhodes, at the Brandy Rhodes. It was a good tweet, inspirational about hard work and staying the course. And I think both Natalie I, and Johnny would agree with that tweet, Um, folks. The other thing I want to bring to your attention is Tunnel for Towers, right? Tunnel for Towers, Lincoln. um, What a great story with the Herrera family and Tunnel for Towers stepping in to pay off their mortgage. Them being expired to create essentially a chapter here in Nebraska and their – August 27th, Walk Run 5K at Holmes Lake. Um, go to Tunnel for Towers for Lincoln Facebook, and you can sign up. The goal right now is to get $35,000. We at 54,000 as I speak and over 520 participants. Let's try to get that to 600 now. Let's try, Lincoln, to support that initiative, which is essentially paying it forward for first responders Police and all the people that take care of us as the Herreras have turned tragedy into good. Um, really think that's a great cause, so check it out. 14993 KLIN. Drive time Lincoln with the commander Jack Riggins on the voice of Lincoln ninety nine three KLIN. All right, folks, we're back Thursday, August 23rd, second segment here on Drive Time Lincoln. Jack Riggins, the host, Johnny Cadillac, producing. We've got the chair of the Nebraska Stonewall Democrats, Natalie Weiss in studio, providing balance uh, to a story about uh, explicit materials in school Um, and some other thoughts, without a doubt. Um, Hey, the text line is open. So if you have questions for Natalie, she really, really like me kind of cut from the same cloth, likes to answer random questions from the audience, um, not afraid to give her opinion, and uh, oftentimes is able to back up uh, her, well, she's able to back it up with facts and her thoughts, which is makes it nice when you're talking about hard opinions and hard subjects with another person, and that's why I always like having you on. Even, that's mutual. Even talk. though I know the audience is like... I don't get why he has her on. Well, because I want to...
1: Because it gets all of you to listen.
0: <laughs> well, it's... Honestly, Natalie, I don't think that much about it. Like, because... Th- meaning...
1: Oh, what... he doesn't think about his listenership. You heard it here.
0: <laughs> no, I, I try to come in, like I've always said, cause it's kind of the... uh, It's the kind of the uh, Seinfeld of radio. Like, we have a framework. We work within it. But I, I, I want it to be authentic. And I want... If people see me on the street, good or bad, mad at me, I w- I want them to talk to me, and I will talk with you because I like people, and I don't know any other way than to talk with people. We're all going to have our biases, but you break through it, and so I want to be able to own what I say on the air or other actions, and then. Talk with people about it, and and I think you do the same thing. Um, So please text in if you have a question for Natalie on this subject, and she'll probably take any question, again, on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. One of the things, well, let me give you your first question, and then I'll go to one of the things we were talking about off air, um, which I think is pertinent to this, is one of the texters says, have you actually read the Bible? The New and Old Testament. <laughs> and I, they say they doubt it. I, I have read the Bible, uh,
1: listeners. I um, I grew up in a Catholic family. I was baptized and confirmed as a Catholic here in the Lincoln Archdiocese. I knew
0: you were a Catholic just like yeah. me, or I was a Catholic just like you.
1: Yeah, and I've definitely read the Bible. Yeah. Yes, I have.
0: Why do you think that, now I'm going totally off script, why do you think people make that assumption that a lot of the members of the LGBTQ2IA plus community don't have Christian beliefs or aren't because we do know that there are, I don't, I don't know the numbers, mm. but I have to assume that in America, a vast majority of that community is Christian of at, at one of the, you know, several that we have, yeah. right? Yeah. Why do you think that is kind of
1: a sentiment?
0: Yeah. That is out there. Um, well, I <laughs> you're kind of putting me on a spot well, here with that one. Well, I mean, do you think I, it's a trap because of what we were talking about with politics? Of like, I believe this is the Bible, and so therefore they can't. Because this has been I an evolving it, thing through what thirty years of the movement.
1: Well, I mean, I guess this has been an evolving thing ever since Christianity was a thing, really. If you want to go that far back about it, I, I think. I think a lot of the sentiment that gay people are not Christian and can't be Christian comes from conservative christian thought and I in my opinion, a lot of conservative Christian thought says you either believe exactly what it is that we believe a hundred percent to the letter or you are not a christian you know or or you you're rejecting Jesus or whatever whatever it is you know you're living in sin uh and you can't live in sin and call yourself a christian you know mm-hmm. it's, that's That's what a lot of, you know, evangelicals, conservative evangelicals and Baptists have to say about it. And I I think that's where the sentiment comes from. that's their belief that if you live that way, you cannot be Christian.
0: Yeah, and here, this is interesting because we're just, uh, what do they call it when you go into a studio? Oh, we're jamming, right? Jamming, jamming. jam. We're just jamming, we're off script, talking. It's interesting because there are times both... In warfare, in my old job, and even now, you know, kind of as a supporter of the Conservative Party, that they are hot topics, they're contentious, um, same in warfare, different ideas. And I would often revert back to my beliefs and what I was taught and what I believe in through the Catholic Church. And I would think of the most simplest things, right? Like, you know, do unto others as you want to. Done to yourself. Like, treat everybody as you'd want to be treated. Simple, simple, very Mm -hmm. things. And then there would be times where, especially in warfare, like, everybody sins. Like, that's right there in the Bible. Like, I'm not a genius, folks, and my Catholic priest, you could call me. Everybody sins. Per the Bible, at least the Christian belief, Jesus died for our sins. So we all are sinners. And we have mechanisms through the different religions to go, you know, confess our sins and to work. So we can't all walk around thinking that we're God's gift, right? We make mistakes. And I've always struggled with the do-on-to-others, not struggle with it, but how how is our world like this on a big macro scale with a vast majority? And then the other one where we sin. And you know, and there are mechanisms in the Christian religion that we, you and I both know, and and so you know, again, I think that that is probably an easy button answer for the other side to throw the Bible into it. Does that oh, make sense? I think so. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's. If you want to believe in the Old Testament, you know, and if you want to, if you want to believe that Leviticus is, is part of the New Testament, you know, that's, that's your prerogative. But if that's what you believe, uh, and you believe in the English translation of the Bible, uh, the English translation says that, uh, you know, sodomy is a sin. And if you want to cling on to that and say that anybody who engages in that behavior is ungodly and cannot be a Christian, that's your prerogative mm. you know if that's what you want to believe go ahead and believe it yeah um you know but, but uh the the problem comes in i think when you start telling other people in society that they have to believe that way too um You know, again, going back to the book stuff and the the stuff that the content in schools, Mm -hmm. you know, my side is not saying that the Bible shouldn't be there, not saying that Ayn Rand shouldn't be there, not saying that graphic depictions of straight sex shouldn't be in public schools. So we're not we're not saying that we're not saying that you can't believe what you want to believe. We're not saying that you can tell your your kids to not read those books. We're not saying that if you want to, you can raise your kids like the Duggars and not talk about sex at all and have them learn about intercourse on an audio file right after their wedding, before they go into their honeymoon suite. You know, if that's how you want to raise your kids, Mm -hmm. go ahead. There's no one on my side of the aisle saying that you should not have the right to do that. Mm. The problem is that you guys on the other side of the aisle are saying that we shouldn't have the right to read our stories, to share our stories with people who are are like us and, and, and live our lives the way that we would like to. Yeah. You know,
0: we've, We've talked, and like I said, I'm not going in this show doing the counters and this that and another thing, and the audience is doing a good job of texting in questions which I think are representative of what some conservatives would counter what one is um, why can't we teach what male body parts do and female body parts do and leave the personal preferences of what people do and those body parts at home right okay well um. I think I'll just push back a
1: little bit. Being gay, you can push back yeah, a lot if being, you want. Being gay or being trans isn't is not a preference. I mean, that's that's like me saying to you, Jack, you would have sex with a man, but you just prefer it with a woman. Like you would like sex with a man, but your preference is with a woman. You know, that's like saying to a straight person. You you know, I mean, think about it. Your sexual, what you're attracted to Mm -hmm. everybody listening. That's not something that you choose. That's Mm -hmm. an innate thing that just sort of happens. You are attracted to who you are attracted to. So gay same sex attraction is not a preference. It's just who those people are. And it's the same thing with trans people. It's not we're not expressing our preferred gender. We are expressing the gender that we are know ourselves to be, that we are, and the reason that those types of things should be included in public schools is because those types of people exist in public schools. Mm -hmm. Gay people and trans people deserve to know how to have safe sex within their social context the same way that straight students deserve to know how to have safe sex. And gay students should know how safe sex works from a straight perspective in the exact same way that straight students should know how gay sex safe sex works mm-hmm. from from that perspective it's just about knowing it's just about knowing it's yeah about, and and knowing is what creates safety and creates understanding and and um gets rid of stigma
0: yeah the uh, and i think that brings up another which we can have you back on the show which is another thing where people struggle which is the belief of what transgenderism is right and where it comes from and you laid it out there kind of in the context right of Mm -hmm. of preference and Mm -hmm. and attraction Mm -hmm. um and we know that that is also for some americans a controversial topic not controversial but a belief do you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like Mm -hmm. some people say no that's not natural or that is not the biology and the the chemical makeup but other people are like as you just said no this is the way we are and, yeah. you know, and so I think that leads to where that question came from.
1: Yeah, well, Maybe. you know, I, th- I think, you know, for, for conservative, I, I think especially conservative religious people out there listening, um, you know, God works in mysterious mm-hmm. ways. And the breadth of God's creation is infinite. Um, uh, intersex uh, and even same-sex relationships exist naturally in the animal kingdom. I mean, there's plethora examples of that. Uh, It's a scientific fact that that exists. And those types of things exist naturally in humans. Mm. It's hard to explain what it is to be a trans person to someone who is not. Mm. It's a very difficult thing to explain. No one who is not trans understands what it's like to be a gender, to exist as a gender in a body that is not in -hmm. conformance with that. All I can say to you is that it's true, uh, and that there are a lot of uh, psychologists and mental health professionals who agree that that is true, that that is um, a, a emerging part of human sexuality that we don't fully understand yet, but we know that it exists. And, you know, me and any other trans person, uh, i'll tell you right now folks i i don't know of of really one trans person who can honestly say to you i like being trans i want to be a trans person you Mm -hmm. know many of us would very much like to prefer to not not have this struggle you know i don't you know it's it's much easier to not have to have this struggle Um, uh so it's not a preference that's
0: that's well put um another question i can't answer yet and we might not get to it we've got a couple but because you said that, and we talked about this, I want to make sure we talk about it on air. The casualties, if you will, I call it casualties of war. Like, I haven't solved how there can't be casualties of war. I, I put a lot of thought into it, and I put I, I consider politics to be a form of warfare. And, and so there's always casualties, um, and you just kind of described that a little bit, meaning I don't have an answer, audience. I don't have an answer for Natalie. I've thought about it a lot when I was in combat, I thought about it a lot as I cover topics here. Um, but you just described that, (sighs) that your community oftentimes becomes a casualty of not just political fights, but, you know, just the struggle of being a very, very small minority of people say in the, in America.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we do. You know, and
0: I mean, thoughts on that though. I mean, is that that a true statement that, that, you know, true Jack opinion. I think there's no, casualties. I think that,
1: well, there's definitely casualties in, in politics. You know, I, I, it, examples of that are, I mean, we could spend a week we talking about up. political casualties. Yeah. Um, you know, politics is a nasty sausage-making business. And when policies are getting crafted and things are being talked about and topics are being talked about, a lot of times some people get kind of thrown under the bus, for lack of a better term certainly happens to trans people a lot. we can treat it as a football a lot in the political realm in the spiritual realm in the religious realm in the social realm um and it's certainly been happening a lot in Lincoln right this this year mm-hmm. um, uh yeah and i don't I don't really have an answer to that either except to say that that yeah that definitely does exist and it is exhausting to be treated as a football in that capacity.
0: <clears throat> That's a powerful visual, I think. Um, it was it is for me and it's just a good way to explain it um as a member of that community, right? I don't I don't walk around and feel like a football, you know, unless I do something stupid and then I'm like I deserve to be kicked. Um, and I don't know if this is an appropriate time, I know don't, don't want to bring it in. We've talked about the fairness ordinance, but you and I have talked a lot about the fairness ordinance and 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 things like that. And and I wanna be clear because I wanna say this because I've said Natalie knows I'm about this. I wanna see something done with that. And and one of the things is, is she knows my left and right limits, but first of all, there's already laws out there, but they're at the federal level. And folks, one piece of this, it's a very complicated issue, but one piece of it here in Lincoln is asking for that local ability to back up the federal law. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the one thing I wanted to say, that's why I wanted to just kind of transition real quick is because reporting of harassment and or equal opportunity under that federal law because it's federal there's not a mechanism local to report that so it becomes a reporting nightmare for somebody that's involved in that correct right and right. i right so what i'm saying is is as i've digested all of that and i've talked with a lot of different people that is something that all people independent of party if you understand that piece of it Obviously I'm I'm a no-go on bathrooms we've talked about this Natalie but that should be a piece as a community we should be able to look at quickly and understand we're just backing up the federal law so that there is a reporting requirement at a more local level and that is something I've said I would support and I do support yeah yeah you know I I think that if
1: um if people can start talking about issues in not in soundbite terms, but but really talking about what it is that we're talking about. Right. talking about the people that we're talking about, talking about the lives that we would like to impact with mm-hmm. these things, um, that everybody in this state, in this city, in this country can come to uh, much greater senses of understanding with each other, and just maybe we can uh, stop being at each other's throats so much if we all make a little bit of an effort to do that.
0: Fair. Um. Totally fair. Easy question. We only have about one minute right now. I I don't know the answer. To this you probably you may may not. Can the Bible be checked out in Lincoln Public Schools? Would you know? No, I, I don't I'm know. not a hundred percent certain on that. I can.
1: I am a graduate of Lincoln Public Schools. I know that the Bible did exist. I think in some of my teachers' classrooms, and that it was certainly accessible. Mm-hmm. Um. I know that it does exist in other public school systems throughout the country. Right. But I don't know a hundred percent if it's in.
0: Yeah, Public and that's fair. In we, um, texter, we can look that up. Uh, absolutely. I mean, that's an easy answer. Yeah. We just don't know at the top of our heads. All right, we're on with the uh, chair of the Nebraska Stonewall Democrats, Natalie Weiss, 1,499.3 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3 KLIN. Alright, we're finishing up the show here on Tuesday. Tomorrow will be whatever Wednesday and uh, we will keep going on. Uh, again, I want to thank uh, the chair of the Nebraska Stonewall Democrats, Natalie Weiss, for coming on. She's a good sounding board for me um, and I thought you made a lot of good points and represented an alternate, um, the other side of this argument that is hot in the state right now.
1: Yeah, Jackie, you know, I just want to say again, um, you know, kudos for owning a mistake and thank you for coming on air and saying that you apologize to to my community for for doing something that was kind of hurtful to us over this weekend um that's uh, again something that i think many people in your position would not do and i think that you deserve kudos for that and thank you klin for offering up this platform for Ice to be able to talk about tough issues in um in a respectful way um uh, yeah certainly appreciate being here every time jack
0: well i appreciate it and um and you and I talked throughout the weekend as this story was growing. And again, you've been a good sounding board, education, um, on a path I haven't walked, right? And, um, uh, and I think it is good for Lincoln. And, uh, and yeah, I always will own up. Um, and I make mistakes just like everyone. Um, but I also know I couldn't get through them and get better as a human being without people like you in my life being able to say, Hey, did you think about this way? What were your thought processes? And, And I think this is good for Lincoln, whether listeners think that or not. I can tell you from my experience, this is the way you work through hard issues and uh, very much appreciate you coming on and providing, honestly, a counter perspective that's to my perspective. um, But what does it do in the end for the listeners? It makes them more educated on things. And in my big passion of having more educated voters in America who can pick the proper candidates on either side to help govern us all and have a better society, I think we hit that mark today. You and I will always agree on better education. All right. 1,499.3 km.